Even to this day, heavy music, hard rock, and heavy metal are maligned and ridiculed music genres in entertainment. Whether it's Mike Myers as Wayne Campbell, or Fubar, or Anvil, or Beavis and Butthead sporting ACDC and Metallica t-shirts, the stereotype of the dumb metalhead is sprinkled all over pop culture. The jeering can often be justified when you see its use of offensive misogynist imagery, puerile lyrics, humorous depictions of Satanism, ridiculous costumed get-ups. I get why people laugh at it, and sometimes, truth be told, I'm laughing alongside them. We've all seen the movie Heavy Metal Parking Lot, that hilarious 1986 documentary shot outside a Judas Priest concert with candid interviews of their fans. And let's be honest, if you've ever been to a heavy metal or hard rock concert, that movie isn't far from the truth. It's funny because it's true. We've all lived through our own heavy metal parking lots for sure. But the derision is based on smoke and mirrors. Frivolous aesthetics aside, compared to other popular genres, most heavy music is fairly difficult to play. Even glam bands with wailing singers and showy guitar solos need a certain amount of schooling or some God-given talent. Whenever I watch self-appointed music pundits falling over themselves to praise yet another folk act that relies on what I can only surmise as the same acoustic chord patterns and that same affected yodel all folk singers use these days, I am dumbfounded by their criteria. Maybe all the jokes and teasing are meant to drown out the unmistakable truth that hard rock and heavy metal require skill. And you can either bow down to it, like I do, or sit and stew and lash out because of how inferior you feel. Lovers of folk music, I find, often choose the latter. Still, there are other genres of music that loom larger and are heads above anything that any of us on the heavy music side or the folk music side can even match. I've always been very dismissive of classical music, not because I didn't recognize the mastery involved, but rather because of it. Same with jazz. These musics intimidated me and continue to do so, but for the last 20 years, I've cautiously and carefully found my way around jazz. I'm definitely a top-shelf listener, but it doesn't intimidate me and scare me away like it used to. It helps that there are recognizable personalities and record labels that help plant footpaths for the listener. Combing through, I can recognize the genius in John Coltrane, Sun Ra, Charles Mingus, and Duke Ellington. And as I get older, I'm finding its draw to listen to it stronger and stronger. But classical music remains the last bastion to claim my ears. Not because I don't like it, but because it's very hard to navigate around and through. I mean, where do you start? And when you add contemporary classical composers to the mix, it becomes a vast ocean too intimidating to even dip your feet into. Like many, I can count what I know on one or two hands. Steve Reich, Philip Glass, Karlheinz Stockhausen, Morton Feldman. When you start to factor in avant-garde classical composers, it simply becomes overwhelming and I just give up and listen to the Ramones. For someone like me who needs cliff notes to every facet of my life, I haven't found a hospitable escort to help guide me through this world. That is until 
Tad Doyle released Incineration Ceremony this past May on Ugoth Records. I was stunned. I didn't know Tad had this in him, not because he didn't have the talent, but because classical music was never on the table. I should have known better, though, since his background as a schooled musician is fairly well known, and the album proves his abilities tenfold. Incineration Ceremony is a majestic beast. Now, I understand I've already outed myself as a neophyte when it comes to classical music, so what weight does my review hold? But as a heavy music listener, for me, it stands toe-to-toe in terms of heaviosity when standing next to electric guitar half-steps and pounding floor, floor tom gallops. For any fan of Tad's music, be it Brothers of the Sonic Cloth or Tad, this does not disappoint, but rather elevates the man into a whole other strata. Anyone who knows me knows I love everything that Glenn Danzig does, and that includes his Black Aria album from the early 90s. Black Aria, if you aren't familiar, was Glenn's classical record, loosely inspired by the poem Paradise Lost. The album itself became a standalone piece in his discography, never to be followed up by anything else classical. But here, with Incineration Ceremony, Tad strikes out on his own, away from the often limiting world of rock as a bona fide classical composer, and, as you'll hear, is to be the first of many more similar releases to come. Again, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Tad Doyle's work. I think I have just about everything he's done, minus rare singles. So, whether he wants to or not, whether he realizes it or not, He is my guide into this world starting now. It really does make sense he would take his discography into this terrain. With his music, heavy has always been the common thread, its requisite component, and it continues here with his latest effort. I tracked down Tad for this podcast episode and found him at his Witch Ape Studios, where he produces and engineers for other bands, as well as for his own releases. It's always a pleasure to talk to the man. I'm proud to say this is his second appearance on the podcast, his first being back in 2013 on episode number 46. And when we podcasted that first time, it was also the same day that Duff McKagan showed up to film Tad and I for his movie, It's So Easy, and we're both in a scene together. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on Netflix. And if it's not available on Netflix where you live... You gotta, you gotta let them know and request it because the movie really does rule. Anyway, here is my chit chat with the one and only Tad Doyle, or should I say Thomas Andrew Doyle, composer of Incineration Ceremony, and the latest guest on the podcast, starting now.
Sometimes Danko goes on and on about Glenn Danzig. The guy just loves Glenn Danzig. And I love that kind of passion, and, and that's why I love listening to Danko speak. Well, truth be told, I love that Danzig song, Mother. I like that too. Thank God for the Danko Jones podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones podcast starts now! Hey, Tad. Hey. How's it going? Good, brother. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's great to talk to you after a few years. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad I can uh, get you early, uh, your morning, my kind of early afternoon. I hope that's okay. Of course, man. First of all, I just want to say, um, since it's been a couple of years since we've kind of talked I want to go back a bit and just say to you that Brothers of the Sonic Cloth, uh, the last self-titled record back in 2015, was a monster. And Thank you. You're welcome. And this new album is, first of all, I, as a listener and not as someone who is well-versed in this kind of genre, I, I loved it. Um, and, uh, I'm very interested, curious to talk to you about it, which is why I reached out to you. Um, incineration ceremony is the name of this album of yours. You released it this past May. I had no idea you had this in you. I watched busted circuits and ringing ears and found out about your background in classical music and jazz and your studied background in music. But I had no idea that this background can yield this kind of album. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal from my point of view, from someone who I have thought of in a certain way as a musician, only to find out that you're kind of like the wizard from Wizard of Oz. I didn't know this was you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. So... I want to I want to uh, tread very carefully here because I'm not very well versed in this genre of music. So I don't know how to basically, you know, use the the lingo or anything, but um I just I I found it to be uh it's kind of like the album is what I guess avant uh classical music does to you, which is kind of takes you into a world and then spits you out. Uh so what I wanted to know is what, because you've been putting out records for years, what made you finally do this? Well, I, uh, we had some downtime with brothers. Um, I started this last October and, uh, I just kind of flowed out of me. I, uh, was, uh, I, I just got one of those little mini labs by Arturia with the, uh, the 3000 analog synthesizers. And I have already, you know, a cork might try to mark two. That's an old analog synthesizer and a cork poly six and various effects. And, uh, 
you know, I got a piano in my home, so I just started tinkering on the piano more than anything. It's an upright. And uh, I said, man, I should probably just record this because I, I, I like it. And I did the first record. I did first takes on all the piano parts. That's it. That was real piano. It's the one that's in our living room. And I just started building scapes around it. And uh, one of them was a piano duet. Um, and uh, that just turned out to be, you know, uh, I think it's Nurtured in Grief. Okay. And, and you know, I I don't know. I, it just came out. I, I didn't plan it. I, I uh, you know, had some downtime from the studio and it said, man, I'm going to just mess around. And I, I did one track and I posted it on SoundCloud, you know, uh, and uh, Peter Scartabello, the guy who put out the record. Right. Yes. From He's a composer. Yeah. He's from back east. Yougoth uh, Records. Yougoth. Yes. And, yeah. And he uh, says, man, do you have any more of this stuff? And I says, yeah, a little bit. And uh, he says, well, I want to put this out. I'm like, well, great. You know, I'd been nurturing a friendship with him for a few years now. So we started chatting more and uh, that's how it came about. Well, um, the thing about what you did with this album, I mean, the music lends itself to heavy music. I mean, it's very, very heavy, um, heavy music, heavy metal or, or that kind of those kinds of genres uh, usually take from you know, classical music for intros or breakdowns. So it's some, these sounds that you have on the record aren't new to, to people who listen to heavy music, but I don't think anybody in the genre is used to somebody putting out a full classical album like you did. I think that's where heads kind of turn, including mine, um, and made me, you know, raise an eyebrow going, what? <laughs> It, it these things are only supposed to be 45 second intros to like huge epic guitar <laughs> music you know um, right and it's 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 a it's a genre of music that you know has uh, been kind of uh shelved back to be you know oh that's what your parents listen to even though i think all of us whenever we would listen to classical music it's like wow this is really heavy very epic very much like the music that I think a lot of, you know, heavy metal guys are trying to make. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm a heavy metal guy or you're a heavy metal guy, but you you know what I mean. Um so I think it's really bold of you to do this and is this going to be the start of something of future releases like this for you? Well, that's a good question and at first, I'd like to address some of the, the things you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, uh, it's it's not what people expect. You know, I certainly it's not what people expect when they think that I'm a, a redneck, flannel-wearing, lumberjack, punk rock, metal weirdo. Uh, most likely, uh, somebody would see a picture of me from my past and think, well, that guy never went to school. You know, he's just he's got to be as dumb as a rock. And, and it, it is truly the, the opposite. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm educated. And, uh, so, you know, also, uh, with coming to, uh, coming back to this, I mean, that's 
pretty much what I went to school for, you know, as it right. says in the, the busted circuits and ringing gears documentary. And right. I, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to keep going to school. I wanted to create. Um, but uh, I think I lost your, your final question there, getting off on a tangent here. Well, my what final, was the last thing. Yes. Well, I just was curious if this is the beginning of, of more. Oh, indeed. So yes, it is the beginning of more. Um, to, to this date, I have already written a second one, and it's pretty much finished and ready to roll. And I'm uh, almost completed with the third one, and they're they're different. They're different than the first one. Do you find that this new way of, of making music for public consumption, is this somewhat freeing for you, that now, like some sort of dam has broke in your psyche? Well, for sure. And, and more than that, while I was creating this stuff and, and doing it, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a solitary writer. I always have been. I found myself having so much fun, so much fucking fun. I was laughing out loud by myself, talking to myself, you know, about the pieces and parts of it, what needs to happen next. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it's really honestly the most fun I've ever had in music was doing this stuff and yeah. uh it, it's real freeing well that's i mean that's really great to hear uh it's very inspiring um and like i said before there's lots of people who listen to heavy music but guitar oriented heavy music who are intimidated by the classical genre not that they don't like it they're just simply intimidated by it because nobody knows where to start including myself and especially avant classical composers or contemporary classical musicians i have no i have no place to start there's exactly a blog you know what i mean or or some like mag that you know you can buy off the magazine stand mm -hmm. that that makes it palatable for kind of a a younger audience to get into this kind of music it doesn't mean that none of us are 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 completely interested in and you know have our ears open but i think it takes someone like you who has um, kind of, you know, a, a hand in, you know, heavy music to start, you know, branching out from Tad, you know, where do we go from Tad? So, so my question is, where, what, what are some of the composers, contemporary maybe, or, you know, avant classical composers that you take inspiration from? Um, and yeah, that, that would be my question. Well, um, the first part of it I want to comment on is that you uh, you mentioned that a lot of heavy metal guys might be intimidated by this type of thing. But however, I listen to Immolation and uh, uh, Deathspell Omega, and I go, how the hell did they come up with that stuff? Right. And some of it is very, very uh, virtual, virtuoso type of playing musically, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I've never been the guy that's the wheedly player, you know, just speed for speed's sake and look at all the scales I can do. But when it's used musically, it's it has a huge impact. And certainly, you know, Immolation's one of those bands uh, that does that to me. Um, what's really inspiring me, however, has always been my favorite composer, which is Edgar, Edgar Varese. Right, of course, yes. Fr French-born uh, came to the States, and I think you can hear a lot of that specifically in uh, one of my tracks, 
that I did, and Peter played on as well. Um, let's see, Asleep in Arrhythmia and Biological, Bioelogical Functions. Those are both very, to me, Edgar Drez, uh inspired. And, uh, you know, of course I love Beethoven, you know, um, you know, the master. And there's, there's a lot of auxiliary composers and stuff. And, and to be honest, I'm discovering more than I ever have, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we get, uh, at least when I was going to school, we had fed the, we were fed the, uh, the white bread version of, you know, symphonic musics and, uh, you know, Berlioz, Vivaldi, you know, uh, Mozart. I mean, that's, that's the common stuff, but there's some really great composers that, that have been out there. You know, Rimsky Korsakoff, I grew up as a kid, you know, listening to that stuff before I even listened to rock music. Right. Okay. So the, it came from your parents? My brother house. and sister were, no, you know, they, I just got into it. I, I think I got my first Disney record when I was very young. This is going to date my age, <laughs> but it was Peter and the Wolf. Okay. And, and that 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 soundtrack completely blew my mind. It was like ominous and dark, and I loved it. And, and speaking of Disney soundtracks, like Fantasia was, was one I remember growing up that really kind of hit me over the head in terms of heaviness. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, because I, I only mentioned like the intimidation factor because I, I um, a few years ago, maybe three, four years ago, there's a classical compact disc, disc record store in Toronto. They only sell classical music. And so I went in there looking for avant classical composers, like just the crazy, crazy weird shit that I thought, you know, this this genre could open up to me and i walked in there and i was like i don't know where to start i was so intimidated um and so that's why you know finding out about you putting out this record i'm like okay you goth records okay it's a start for people you know like i can i can forge my way through that discography the that roster and then kind of take the next leap to the next step. It's a very vast genre to even try to begin to take on. Um, but with incineration ceremony, I think it's a, it's a great beginning. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny cause you, you say it's a, it's a vast, uh, genre to take on. And it's like, I'm very humbled by all the, uh, the artists and composers out there because, uh, man, there are so many good ones. And, it's like Peter from you Goth said, you know, uh, we do this because we love it. It's not because it's going to, you know, fill our bank accounts. I mean, this is even more so than playing, you know, uh, what I was playing in the early days. That was not even a consideration. It's like, oh, I'm going to get rich off this. Well, certainly now it's even more so that because there, there really is, you know, uh, you know, with the advent of the internet and, uh, easy downloads and stuff. It's, you know, I do it cause I love it. It's not cause I'm trying to make money or anything else. And I, I do love this type of shit. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think this is definitely, um, uh, a work of love. I think anybody can see that when, 
you know, I, I, I knew that this was, you know, a very personal thing for you when, when I saw you posting about it. Um, especially knowing your background from, you know, the Tad documentary and everything. But the one thing that I, that hit me when I was listening to the record was I, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we listen to horror movie soundtracks because it gives us this kind of heavy vibe without all the guitars that we're so used to it. This is just a different way for our ears to hear a heaviness. Um, But on the other hand, as a, as a full on classical composer now with a record under your belt, do you find that, uh, that somewhat the music that you want the music to kind of stand on its own rather than have this kind of horror, you know what I mean? Some, do you think that soundtracks somehow downgraded the genre or tarnished the genre because it's so linked to movies? It can't stand on its own. That was one well, thing I thought about. Yeah. Well, you know, there is probably a lot more money in music there than there for, for writing scores than there is for, you know, I, I, there's some rock stars out there, man, you know, that are doing it. Uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, Hans Zimmer, you know, yeah. he's just the guy is making more money than it's probably even feasible or imaginable for me at this point. But, um, well, the thing is, the album lends itself to like a movie soundtrack. I could hear even from from track to track scenes changing, and I caught myself going, "Oh wow!" Because I've heard so many soundtracks, it's like. In my head, I'm going, oh, wow, this is probably the point in the movie where the characters are realizing that something's wrong or, you know, so I caught myself doing that. But I thought, wait a minute, this is a record that just stands on its own. Um, it was made before a movie was made. It's not to, to accompany any particular movie. So I was interested in knowing how you felt that maybe that it's just this kind of music is so closely linked to soundtracks does it take it away for you or do you is soundtrack sound uh is our movie soundtrack something that you are interested in 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 getting into i would love to get into it and it it certainly interests me and i got to tell you right now while it's hot uh, you know i'm kind of late to the game on this but there's a show called mr robot oh yeah and the guy the guy that does the soundtrack for that he he's cutting edge as far as i'm concerned he's making some really cool shit and and there's scenes in that show where there's tension builds for like three minutes just he builds tension with just one or two chords and a rhythmic motif and it just like man i i couldn't i had to keep watching the show over and over because i was listening to the music more than i was watching the show and and i'd love to get into to soundtracks and writing for tv music uh, video games. I'd love to do that stuff. You know, I think there's a huge uh, now with you know Netflix and God. I think all I keep hearing from people I know in TV is like, we need content. We need content, and what goes along with the content is the soundtrack music. So, I think you've. You, you, I don't think you're late to the game at all. I think this is high time. Well, what I mean by late to the game is like late to the game on discovering all these amazing artists and composers, uh, you know, right, right. I, I, I wasn't in that, you know, I when when I was up until like a year ago, I was, you know, 
probably like you listening to a lot of metal and, and rock and, you know, occasionally a pop song or two, but, uh, you know, this, this is kind of returning home for me. And, and then I, it was like being asleep. I feel like I'm the Rip Van Winkle of, you know, music, you know, I've been sleeping on this amazing stuff and I get to discover it now, which is really great. Uh, and you've put out this amazing album. I mean, uh, a, f- a f- couple of weeks ago, I-, I posted on Instagram nine records that can fit in an Instagram square that you know uh, people should get into or or whatever whatever I'm listening to from this year. And I included Incineration Ceremony in it, right in the middle. I think it was smack dab in the middle. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, you were the uh, you were. I think you were the Alice of the of my Brady Bunch. <laughs> awesome good old alice <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean i'm i'm very happy happy to see that you know you're venturing into this new thing that i am fully 100 percent into consuming um so i i'm i'm all ears if you got more in you uh well then throw my way i i'm i'm very happy to hear more um the one thing that's the reason why i started this conversation with you about is you've kind of separated yourself from the rest of us making guitar rock because even though you know we might listen to this kind of music or we appreciate it um we can't do it it takes a studied background to try to take it on so i mean i applaud you for 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 doing it it's it's pretty heavy well, thank you. And, it, you know, I will send you the new stuff. I didn't know you were into it, so I'll, I'll send you the new stuff once it comes out. Uh, I'll give you advanced copies that you can whatever with, you know. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll buy it. I mean, I, I got Incineration Ceremony on Bandcamp, and that's something that you've noted uh, a, a few times on social media, that the, the downloadable Bandcamp version has an extra track that the hard copies don't. Yeah, and uh, yep. and the, and so I think if anybody's listening who wants to get it, uh, Bandcamp might be the best way to go. So you get all the all the tracks. Indeed, and and also the CD is sold out. We didn't make that many to begin with, but uh, there is going to be a label release vinyl for Record Store Day in April next year. So. I can't say who because it's going to be their announcement that they make. And I don't want to, you know, I, I've learned some things over the years that you don't loose lip sync ships, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I, I get you. I, I, I hear you. Um, so with all this, you know, just coming out, what's next for Brothers of the Sonic Claw? Cloth is Well, you know, my my time is uh, fully devoted to this and uh, recording other bands at the studio here. And uh, there, I I haven't uh, sat down and done much writing for that lately. But I I I take things in spurts. I mean, it took us, you know, ten twelve years to come out with that first record, and a lot of those songs for the brothers' record was written, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, and they they just developed over time. So we kind of move at the pace of a glacier and uh, who knows? I I definitely am a guy that will keep playing guitar and want to play guitar. And there is going to be some guitar on the, uh, the uh, third 
um, Thomas Andrew Doyle outing, which I've, I'm still riding on now. And, and there's going to be some singing and vocals. And I actually did a piece in, I sang it in Latin. And good God, I'll never do that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's wild, man. That's, that piques my curiosity again. Well, you know, it's uh, it, it lended itself to it, and it, there's one line that took me literally 30 minutes to get right. I just kept trying it over and over again, and it, you know, I had to consult with some some people about the correct pronunciation, and so it's a dead language, you know. Yeah. Well, except the doctors and whatnot. If so, when you're recording this, is it just you at Witch Ape, like just by yourself? Yep, that's me. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much a, a a hermit. So when you're doing this tr- this line in Latin over and over again, it's just you in a room. Yep. Wow. Me in a me in a room in a transport. Rewind, play, rewind, record, rewind, record. <laughs> wow. And and there's a lot of horns on this record. So did you do the horn work or? No, I do have a tuba, and that might wear its uh, filthy head in this third one. But uh, that was my first instrument, actually, was E-flat tuba in grade school. I was the fat kid toting a tuba to school. (laughs) But um, I did all the piano. I did some of the percussion. Peter Scartabello did some of the percussion. And the strings and most of the horns were samples and uh virtual instruments and the synths the analog synths i have here that i did used as well right wow okay because that was my next question was about the strings Mm-hmm. I, I i'm really impressed by by incineration ceremony it's it's fucking awesome <laughs> oh thank you my friend that's i'm really grateful for that thanks yeah like uh man i you know, but hearing this is all, you know, it, it's great. I, I really do consume it, you know. But uh, anyways, Tad, man, I, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I just really wanted to talk about incineration ceremony and pick your brain about it. See where you were at making it and what's in the future for you. And all my ans- all my questions were answered. So I'm looking forward to, to more releases by by you thomas andrew doyle not tad the band right yes sir yep thank you so much danko i appreciate it a lot tad it was awesome man and in terms of tad world uh, sub pop just reissued uh three tad records last year and I, I got i got two of them so man you're 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 quite busy these days which two did you get i'll send you the one you don't have well, I already have Eight Way San on vinyl, but I only had uh, Salt Lake and God's Balls on cassette from back in the day. Did, did you get those? Or Those are the ones I got. Oh, so you, you do have the complete thing from yeah. what they reissued. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got them all. I mean, I, I, I had, um, yeah, Eight Way Santa I had on cassette, and then I, I managed to get it on vinyl a few years later, but I never managed to find Salt Lake or God's Balls on vinyl, so... I did now. I do now. So, excellent. My day is made. Danko Jones said, "God's balls." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm happy to talk to you on this day, uh, and um, 
have a good day, man. It's morning for you. So I hope you the too, rest my of brother. Your, yeah, I hope the rest of your day goes well. And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Tad. Likewise, my friend. Say hi to Pegadeth for me, and uh, I don't know, man. I hope I hope our paths can cross out on the road somewhere. Indeed. Cool. Man. Or in the studio. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. Say say hi to the guys. Okay. Thanks, Tad. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.